Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. While many might be familiar with probiotic and prebiotic supplements for gut health, postbiotics largely remain unfamiliar territory. But more and more data is emerging, and Sane Solution is hoping to amplify the critical role of postbiotics. Making the case for postbiotics is Sane Solution CEO, Jonathan Baylor. Hi, Jonathan, and welcome to the NutriCast. Thank you for having me. So before we get into all the details, can you give me a little bit of background on Sane Solution? I was reading that it actually started off as a research project. Sane Solution was started kind of while I was a senior program manager at Microsoft. So after university, I went to Microsoft and I was a program manager. I worked on the Nike Plus Connect Training and Xbox Fitness Initiatives, uh, registered 25 patents while I was there and really enjoyed my time there because I had the opportunity to blend the huge complexity of the technology sector with the huge complexity of the biology sector to try to make technology and biology work symbiotically to help people live better lives. Uh, while I was there, I wrote a book which then got republished by HarperCollins called The Calorie Myth. So that became a New York Times bestseller, uh, USA Today bestseller, been translated in many different languages. And upon the success of that book, it seemed the, the research that I had been doing as a nights and weekends project for about 15 years was the demand for it was, was too high and uh, needed to depart from Microsoft on great terms and get some funding and start my own wellness technology company to help get this information out into the world. And that company is called Sane Solution. Wow. So, I mean, it was a research project, but it sounds like it truly was a passion project for you. It was. If you want the longer version, we we did release a film last year, which debuted as number three on Apple called Better with some of the top doctors at Harvard Medical School filmed on location at Harvard Medical School. And we're talking like doctor doctors, like Dr. Joanne Manson, who's the chief at the Brigham's Women's Hospital at Harvard Medical School. She is the second most cited female nutrition researcher in history. And she was one of the co-founders of the Nurses Health Initiative, which I'm sure many of your listeners know is one of the largest cohorts to ever be studied in the nutrition world. So she is, she's like the original gangster <laughs> of nutrition <laughs> research. Her and Walter Willett are like the original gangster. So she's in the film anyway, but the, in the film, which is called better, and you can check it out at bettermovie.com. We, we tell my personal story is one of six storylines, but yes, it is a passion project. When I was very young, my grandfather had a horrible incident involving leg amputations and me hearing things. And it was terrible. And it was all due to diabetes complications and his inevitable death was a result his death really inspired me to say like, this is terrible. What's going on? Led me down a path of, I'm a, I'm a very geeky individual. I was raised by two college professor parents and I'm, <laughs> I was an engineer, right? So you take someone who's an introverted, probably somewhere on the autism spectrum engineer raised by two college professor parents who also was passionate about, I grew up when Christopher Reeves played Superman and okay. when uh, the Rocky movies were very popular. So I was this super nerdy kid with super nerdy parents who wanted to be Superman and Rocky. <laughs> so then I ended up starting on this, this research journey, which uh, invariably led me to work with top doctors at Harvard and Johns Hopkins and UCLA and the Mayo Clinic and the Cleveland Clinic, because I was a bit of a fanboy. Uh, it wasn't because I 
you know, have any actual qualifications. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm an engineer. I'm not an MD. I'm not a PhD, but I was just, I was reading their work and I was so excited about it. It's very, it's very infrequent that someone will email someone saying, you know, Hey, I read your dissertation and on page 50, blah, 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 blah. So I developed a lot of friendships over this time period. And that all of that research was first captured in a book called the smarter science of slim, which was self-published, I believe in 2012, it had an 88 page, eight point font bibliography. It was self-published. I was at Microsoft at the time. So I just put it out into the world and that went a little bit bonkers. So again, this was all like, why did I do this? Because it was fun for me. Cause I'm weird <laughs> like that. And also it, it took a long time. I mean, it was really my life's work and that's why I'm so passionate about it now because literally my entire life has been on this path. Wow. So I know you said you're not an expert and you don't have these qualifications, but you definitely knew who to reach out to. That's right. I think there, I, I don't remember if it was Henry Ford or someone else, but he frequently said, I don't know the answer, but I know how to find someone who does. And that can be very, very valuable. And I, for me, I think like, if I were to say like, what value am I personally adding? Like I have no agenda. I didn't come into this having any formal nutrition education. So I wasn't indoctrinated with anything at all. Like I wasn't indoctrinated with the food guide pyramid. I wasn't indoctrinated because every, you know, one of the biggest challenges is there's a, I think Max Planck said that science progresses one funeral at a time or something like that. I mean, right. We're, we're constantly seeing this evolution in our understanding of human biology. And I just came in and was looking at the data. That's, I was just looking at the data. I'm an engineer. Engineers don't really care what anyone thinks about, like whether or not the bridge will hold cars. Does the bridge hold cars? Does the airplane fly? When you flick the light switch on, do the lights turn on? I don't care about anyone's opinion. I don't care about any theory. I'm an engineer. I want to build things that work and deliver results in the real world. So I think that's the value that I added was the ability to look across myriad disciplines. So not just nutrition. In fact, the minority of my research was in specifically nutrition. It was more around gastroenterology and endocrinology and neurobiology and psychology, the interplay of all of those systems. And that is a very unique opportunity because that's, there's no degree in that. There's, that is not a defined field of study. So the ability to stand on the shoulders of so many diverse giants and weave their work together into a system that I hope will help us to end the crazy diabetes and obesity epidemics in our world is, is an honor and a privilege. So what got you into postbiotics? Back to the engineers care about what works statement, mm -hmm. the state of gut health and just general health. If you if get a chance to watch the better movie again, bettermovie.com, shameless plug. We do talk about the, the key. It's not about trying harder. It's not about just blindly eating less or exercising more. It's about working smarter. It's about healing your brain, healing your gut and healing your hormones through higher quality food, higher quality information and higher quality movement. It's a pivot away from a quantity-based mindset to a quality-based mindset, because that's how we change systems. We change systems by changing the quality of the inputs, not the quantity of the inputs. If you want to change your car, the way your car works, the amount of gas doesn't change how your car works. The type of gas will change how your car works. Anyway, the point is, so how did I get interested in postbiotics? So you got brain gut hormones is essentially the trinity 
of what we focus on. So we say gut health, right? Gut health, we know when it comes to just straight up nutrition, there's a tremendous amount that we can do to help our gut. But we also quickly discovered because we found that for our audience ended up skewing much older. Uh, so for, for our audience of our products and services, it's like 80% female, 80% over the age of 50. And what we found is we were, we were advocating a very vegetable heavy diet, very vegetable heavy, lots, like half your plate, non-starchy vegetables, like pounds, like one, two, three pounds of non-starchy vegetables per day, which is consistent with the research and consistent with the historical record from a lot of geographic regions. However, the feedback we were getting, which again, put things into the world, see if they work in reality, was tremendous gastrointestinal distress, especially by older people. If you just go and you eat two pounds of spinach after not really eating vegetables for your whole life, the result is gonna be terrible bloating, terrible gas, terrible bathroom problems, especially as you age. So we started to look into that a little bit more and we found, okay, so high fiber, higher fiber diets clearly have health benefits, but what are the health benefits? I sometimes joke for any of your listeners that have seen the movie Idiocracy, there's a, there's a scene in that movie where they, they, the, the world is coming to an end because they can no longer farm because all the vegetation is dying. And they end up finding it's because they're feeding plants this energy drink called Brondo, I believe, because it has electrolytes and electrolytes are what plants crave. It's obviously just a joke and it's illustrating the point that like electrolytes, that's just a term that is thrown out in marketing that people are like, I need electrolytes. Okay. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they do for me, but I need them. And you do need electrolytes. They are good for you, but that can quickly get bastardized and used to manipulate people from a marketing perspective. Fiber is kind of the same thing in the sense that if you ask the average American, why is fiber good for you? Their answer will probably be something along the lines of because someone told me it was. They don't actually know why, or it helps to keep me regular. But when we dug deeper into the research, there's a much more profound reason that we need to consume fiber and that fiber is good for us. And it's because fiber, aka a prebiotic, is what feeds or what the healthy bacteria or probiotics in our gut eat. So by eating fiber, which is not something that we digest, it gives our microbiota something to digest. But what's even more profound about that, and what I think on this 15, 20 year journey of mine is the most profoundly powerful uh, example of symbiosis I've ever seen. When healthy bacteria in your gut consumes fiber, just like any other living organism, if you eat, you have to poop. So the healthy bacteria then poops out what are known as short-chain fatty acids or postbiotics. And this is the miracle. Those are extremely healthy for us. I, I, they're, they're, they're like miracle food. They're, uh, they're, I like to sometimes describe them to lay individuals almost like stem cells. They're, they're obviously nothing actually like stem cells, but it gets the point across that put stem cells in, lots of good stuff can happen. Put postbiotics or short chain fatty acids in your gut, a lot of goodness can happen. So there's a lot of words I just said, but they can be summarized as fiber, pretty much universally recognized as good. But when you try to get it through an abundance of vegetables, it can cause problems for some people. 
So what do we do? Well, first of all, let's understand why fiber is good for us. Let's understand that, oh, wow, it's not just because it keeps us regular, but it enables our body to create this incredibly powerful substance called postbiotics. And wouldn't it be powerful or, or what do we do for indiv individuals who cannot consume the amount of indigestible fibers needed to create the level of postbiotics or short chain fatty acids needed for optimal gut and therefore optimal overall health. So how do you educate consumers? I feel like a lot of people have this biotic fatigue. Do they know the difference between symbiotics, postbiotics, prebiotics, probiotics? I don't think they do. And I, I do think people have a general fatigue around nutrition in general, because it is, it changes every day. What we have noticed and surprised us, people were not fatigued about is talk of poo. <laughs> so let me unpack that for a little bit. Uh, we have, we have never seen uh, whether it's emails, whether it's, it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube videos, the amount of interest that we started to see when we started talking about bathroom problems was startling to us. We had no idea uh, the number of people who were not, not in a mean, not in like a bad way, but were like ignorant of like, oh, I'm not supposed to have diarrhea every time I go to the bathroom. Like I just thought, I mean, that was me literally for the first, for 20 years of my life, I thought just having loose watery bowel movements every time I went to the bathroom was, was normal because no one wants to talk about poo and you don't even want to bring it up to your doctor because it's somewhat embarrassing. Why am I talking about poo now? The reason I'm talking about poo now is I don't necessarily think a lot of lay persons care about prebiotics or probiotics or postbiotics. But I do think, and I actually now know through the data that a tremendous number of consumers are not happy with what's going on in their bathroom. And they're not happy with what's going on in their gut in terms of like, you know, it's, oh, it's not normal to be in pain every time I eat. I just thought that was normal. I just, I just get a stomach ache every time I eat. These things are not normal. So we found that by starting with the symptoms or issues that individuals are experiencing and kind of working back to the solution is the way that we've been able to generate the most interest. Yeah, I, I interview a lot of researchers and um, some of these researchers are developing tools, these algorithms and artificial intelligence to build databases. And um, there's a couple different interviews I conducted where they were collecting photographs of poo and they were actually surprised by the overwhelming response they received. It's, it's shocking. We actually created a character. It's an actual puppet we made called the poo doctor. <laughs> and she has a series on YouTube where she's just, you know, what color is your poo frequency of poo? Because, you know, the, there's an old saying, right? Like sex sells. Well, like, why is everyone interested in sex? Why is everyone interested in food and recipes? Well, that's something we all share, right? We all have sex, we all eat food, but you know what? We all also go to the bathroom. So the sheer amount of ignorance, like, honestly, there is no, I mean, there's, there's some level of nutrition education in schools, good, bad, right, or wrong, it exists. There's some level of sex education in schools, good, bad, right, or wrong, exists. But like, how's your poo? Are you pooping? Are you pooping enough? Is that how your poo is supposed to look? Or 
is your toilet, interestingly enough, one of the most powerful tools to determine your gut health on the planet, right? Like telling someone you should look, like you should make a deliberate effort to look in your toilet after you go to the bathroom. That's, that's meaningful data that you just left behind is not really a message that is being shared. And I think when presented properly can really help to revolutionize wellness in our country and in the world. Right. It is so indicative of our health. And literally every day we are flushing it down the toilet. That's very well said. (laughs) So you've been around about eight years or so, and now you've decided to offer a course a new continuing education course for registered dietitians about postbiotics. Tell me a little bit about that and what inspired that course. To me, postbiotics are the most powerful breakthrough in the digestive health arena I've ever seen. And the, the simplest way for that I've had this explained to me and the reason we've now really put more of our company resources behind this message than anything else is gut health is extremely important. Like, Got it. Most people get that, or at least most health professionals are getting there. Extremely, extremely, extremely important, right? We have far more non-human genetic material living in our gut than we have human genetic material living in our entire body. Gut microbiome is a big deal and it is what makes us unique and we have to do it. Very important. Okay, cool. But how do we, what do we do about it? Like what are are the tools we have available to us? Well, there's, I think a $63 billion dollar probiotic market. It's huge. It's probiotics, probiotics, take probiotics. It's good. And that's, it's fantastic. Probiotics, good stuff. I'm not against them. There's compelling research for them and prebiotics or food you eat, obviously very important. And we need to eat more vegetables and that's cornerstone to all of our nutrition teachings. What's most interesting though, is you then say, why? Like as an engineer, I'm always like, why, why? Like, how can we engineers, how can we make cars run on less fuel? How can we make computers run faster? How can we do do things more efficiently and effectively? Okay. So if the reason on some level that we're consuming prebiotics and probiotics is to simply facilitate the production of postbiotics, well, what if we could just get the postbiotics, right? Like what, what if we could skip straight to that end product because as, as many of your listeners know, anytime a biological process takes place, there's loss, there's inefficiency, right? When you, if you want to convert excess amino acids into glucose, you can do that via gluconeogenesis in your liver, but there's waste, there's waste products. Chemical conversion causes waste. So if you've got something that's a, a prebiotic, and you're trying to convert it or enable your body to convert it into a postbiotic, you're going to produce a lot of waste. And that waste is manifest in terms of like gas, actual gas. So why does eating vegetables cause so many people or fiber more generally to poop and fart so much? It's because your body is trying to create postbiotics, but there's waste products being produced. Those waste products are in the form of gas. And then they cause people to not want to eat those foods, but we, those health benefits, those health benefits of postbiotics is so powerful. So when we discovered a company called compound solutions had developed a patented way to get what Harvard medical school calls the most potent of all postbiotics or butyrate, they bonded butyrate with glycerol so that it gets directly into the lower portion of the GI tract where it is most useful, AKA it's not getting destroyed by stomach acid 
we said this is essentially like mainlining that which is so therapeutic about a lot of plant foods. By no means saying stop eating plant foods, but there is a vast difference between getting the amount of nutrition needed to not die and the amount of nutrition needed to experience life optimally. And what I've seen is the amount of vegetables one would have to consume to experience life optimally and to experience optimal gut health is very difficult, if not impossible, in the modern world. So by adding postbiotics that actually work into one's health regimen, we have the, the opportunity for the first time in human history to optimize our gut health. And I, I think it was Nora Gudgaudis who was like really popular in the paleo movement a long time ago. Maybe she still is, but I'm, I'm sort of not in that world anymore. She made a point to me on a podcast I was recording with her that I'll never forget, which was she was a paleo advocate, but she also advocated a lot of nutritional supplements, I believe. And I asked her, I was like, you know, Nora, you're a paleo advocate, but you're, you're recommending all these nutritional supplements. I don't think cavemen took nutritional supplements. I was, I was sort of joking, right? But mm -hmm. it's a worthwhile question to ask. She said, good point, Jonathan. Cavemen also didn't have all the crazy crap in their life that we have today, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's a really essential point. We are like, as you age, you don't have to become less healthy, but you do have to do more to not have your health degrade. And you, we live in an incredibly unhealthy, we live in an objectively less healthy environment than our ancestors did, period. Like amount of pollution, amount of toxins, the food supply is garbage, stress, lack of social connection, we're not sleeping as much, period. So the amount of proactive steps that we need to take to just not be sick, let alone be optimal, is huge. And I think that postbiotics are one of the most powerful tools we have in that battle to not just not get sick, but to live optimally. And so your goal with this course is to get that information to dietitians for them to pass it on to consumers. Is that, is that correct? That's exactly right. And also to stop, I, th I think probiotics have been presented. It's kind of a blunt tool, like just, just take probiotics. I mean, Again, I'm not like, if probiotics work for you, high five. I personally think that if you eat a wonderful plant, nutrient-dense, rich diet, and then you can just skip straight to the postbiotics, you're, you can save yourself some cash at the very least. And also probiotics is a very generic term, right? It is. It is. And there is a tremendous amount of misunderstanding. There's a tremendous amount of marketing around it. And again, I just do not feel it is the most efficient way or effective way to achieve the goal of improved gut health. And that's the big reason why we wanted to increase awareness and education around postbiotics. Because if we are seeking that most efficient and effective way, the data is quite clear that postbiotics are more efficient and effective than probiotics because they are the end product. They're the reason, like you are taking the end product versus a thing you hope will enable your body to produce more of the end product, maybe. Just cut to the chase is, is kind of the point of it, right? Exactly. 
So again, like with most things in nutrition, we, what we can do is we can look at research and we can extrapolate based on that research. And then we can do N equals one experiments, meaning try it, try it. Like, don't just try anything, right? It's not, this is not YOLO, you know, <laughs> don't try to jump off your roof of your house and see if you can fly. That's not a good idea. But the research around postbiotics is profound enough to say, and I personally, as well as my mother-in-law and actually myriad members of my family, I literally had digestive problems major, like that in, I had problems in my workplace, like my professional life was being compromised by my level of digestive problems, let alone my personal life. And when I started postbiotics personally gone, like threes and fours on the Bristol stool chart, poos, 20 years of socially ostracizing gas gone. I mean, so at that point you can burn the research papers. I'm like, I don't, I don't care if there's any research, the thing works for me. So when you combine the research, plus of course, try it and the try it, like we need to be really, really, that's a big deal, right? Cause like we tried the food guide pyramid. It didn't work. So you don't, you do need to try stuff. You do need to see if it works for you. That's the ultimate arbiter of anything from a wellness perspective in my experience. And to answer your question, like why do this? When I look at the individuals I know who have tried probiotics and I look at the individuals I know who have tried postbiotics, the rapidity and consistency of significant life improvements that I have seen personally from postbiotics is overwhelming. I think a lot of people take probiotics sometimes for the same reasons they take multivitamins, which is just because they think they're good for them, which they might be, but they don't actually see or feel or experience any real world benefits. I have never seen something deliver such rapid real world, in many cases, visible back to the toilet benefits as postbiotics. You're really making the case for this. Before I let you go, do you have any updates, research, or news that you'd like to share with listeners? I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is, again, it's not just about taking postbiotics. That doesn't butyrate supplements have been sold for a long time, but you can't take butyrate. It just gets destroyed by stomach acid. So if you are going to go recommend postbiotic type products to your clients and like, look, big surprise, my company sells a postbiotic product that I believe is the most superior form of postbiotic on the market. And we have data to prove it, but that's not the point. The point is just putting something in your mouth doesn't mean it will accomplish the result you're after. So that's really, 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 really important because he, so by way of analogy, if you're a type one diabetic eating glucose, doesn't mean that glucose is actually going to get into your cells, right? So just because you eat something, just because you put it in your mouth, doesn't mean it will accomplish the goal we're after. So if you try postbiotics or your clients try postbiotics and they don't necessarily deliver the result, it doesn't mean postbiotics don't work. It could mean the postbiotic they tried doesn't work because the research around postbiotics is unambiguous. Short chain fatty acids in your lower digestive tract cause positive health outcomes, period. So if what you're trying isn't working, it means something's preventing them from getting there and, and look into solving that problem. 
when consumers are out there shopping for postbiotics, I mean, what are some things that they should look for? Is it the one that I sell? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> kind of. Uh, but no, just <laughs> no the, the biggest thing is going to be absorption and just any data on whether or not the product actually has research backing it getting into the lower GI tract, right? There is going to absolutely $63 billion probiotic market. Within the next five years, there will be multiple billion dollar postbiotic market. So there is just going to be a tremendous amount of copycats and nonsense. So at the end of the day, you need to look at the ingredients. I would highly recommend looking for ingredients that are patented, that have some level of research and actual studies around those ingredients behind them. And then again, N equals one experiments. I, I also have to give acknowledgement to a type of study known as open label placebo trials. So not everyone's familiar with these, but open label placebo trials are not just placebo trials. They're placebo trials where the people know they're getting placebos. So it's not blind where they, mm -hmm. they literally tell people you are getting a placebo. There is no active ingredient in this substance, but they've actually found in those studies that individuals who receive the placebos experience positive health outcomes associated with the active ingredient because they want to. I mean, we're still trying to understand the psychology of that, but please do understand that at the end of the day, what matters is results. And when it comes to nutrition, we're, we're entrusted with people's lives, right? Like if your computer breaks, it's inconvenient, but you're not going to die. If your diet isn't dialed in, you're going to die. Uh, much sooner than you should and on a much more rocky path than you should. So please just monitor results. Try things that have research to back them and you know, start from a place of science and from a place of science and always monitor results. So much great information there. Sane Solution CEO, Jonathan Baylor. Thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast and making the case for postbiotics. Thank you. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.